Welcome to the second season of the Genius in You podcast. This time, we will be unpacking the power of leadership in a bite-sized 10-minute package. I'm Nayeli Duran, a professional and certified life and leadership coach, and I will be guiding you through a journey dedicated to empowering individuals in leadership. In each episode, we will be delivering a blend of actionable tips, intriguing facts, and thought-provoking ideas. Whether you are an entrepreneur, a corporate leader, or simply navigating the leadership roles life throws at you, this podcast is your go-to source for valuable insights. Because here, leadership is not just a role, it is a way of life. This is the Genius in You podcast, and I'm thrilled to have you on this journey with me. Let's get started. One of my favorite aspects of being a coach is the opportunity I have to connect with individuals from diverse backgrounds, spanning various industries, nationalities, and cultures. This exposure has afforded me a broader perspective on how leaders operate and perceive their roles in different contexts. However, there are common experiences shared by leaders throughout the world. Regardless of their geographic location, profession, or background, guess what? Leaders share one thing, they get tired. Leaders get exhausted. Does that surprise you? Studies show that 65% of leaders experience burnout symptoms, leading to a decreased productivity, increasing sick days, and higher turnover rates within their teams. Also, it was observed that organizations with high rates of leadership burnout were more likely to face challenges in employee engagement and overall performance because the teams notice a very tired leader, a very disengaged leader. The reasons behind these symptoms seem to be a result of having an unsustainable workload, a perceived lack of control, insufficient rewards for effort, a lack of supporting community, lack of fairness, and even mismatched values and skills. As a consultant, I can tell you that the immediate action will be to look at the organization to delimit how this should be addressed. However, as a coach, I want to tell you that you don't need to wait until your organization do something about it in order to make you feel well. The answers you are looking for and the way out of a life of professional satisfaction and exhaustion is reachable. And it is built by tiny, tiny bits of small decisions. If you are passing by something like this, you may have questions like, when can I stop? How can I make this better? What in the world am I doing wrong? And even emotions like guilt, resentment, frustration, sadness, and even numbness may have arrived to you. There is a point when a leader needs to surrender and accept that they also need to be led and helped. And here are three steps where you can start your healing. Step number one, take yourself seriously. Number one mistake leaders do is to put everything and everyone before themselves and their needs. Sounds familiar? This may come from a compassionate empathy or a true desire for helping the company and their team. However, if you have ever considered the meaning of work-life balance, here is the root of it. It is not merely a scale tipping between work and leisure or work and family time. What you may have overlooked is the balance between what you give to others and what you give to yourself. And I'm going to repeat this. Work-life balance may be actually the result of what you give to others and what you are giving to yourself. When I say 
take yourself seriously. I mean, putting your name in your agenda, on your calendar, and respect the appointments you make with yourself. Treat these commitments with the same reverence as you would do when meeting your boss or attending to a doctor's appointment. Consider adding moments of quiet reflection or restful enjoyment in your calendar, such as time for savoring your tea or your coffees while you pet your dog or your cat. Or even have a quiet time just looking at the ceiling, if you will. Respect your lunchtime by refraining from scheduling or even accepting meetings that impede your ability to eat calmly. Remember, if you don't prioritize your own time and needs, nobody else will either. Step number two, observe your narrative. What would you tell me if I ask you, what have you allowed yourself working 60 hours a week? What makes you to accept work, meetings, and commitments that surpass your bandwidth? What makes you answering emails and text messages at 9 p.m.? I'm sure you will have a quick answer to give me because you have trained yourself to believe your narrative. You could say something like, because that's how is my job. Or I do it because I have to set a good example for my team. Or because if I don't do it, others will think I'm not good at this. Or even this I have heard. Because I am someone who finishes everything that is start, etc., etc., etc. The first thing that comes to mind that is your default narrative. You may have heard it and repeated it so many times that you have convinced yourself about it. But if I ask you again and again these questions, we will be entering in a second, even a third layer of reasons. For instance, if you said, that's how the job is, I could ask you, is that what you signed for when you first got the job? What are the unspoken agreements or embraced assumptions that you have about your role now? If you will tell me that you're working so hard and so long hours because you need to set the example for others, I would like to know when was the first time you believed that? Where this belief comes from? What would it happen if I tell you that if you work or not, regardless, you are actually setting an example? And guess what? Not everyone has to like the example. Or if you tell me that you are a person that finishes every project you start no matter what, I would like to know since when you gave up reward, satisfaction, and even your well-being. Listen to your narrative. And lastly, step number three, exercise trust. One of the symptoms we have when we start overstepping on our work-life balance is the lack of control. Things at work or at home happen unexpectedly, fast, adding more to-dos, demanding more of our time, and we start spinning on our toes, losing control of our lives. The sensation of losing control may bring emotions such as frustration, huge stress, fear, or even anxiety. The more you feel out of your center, the more you try to control your surroundings, placing on your shoulders the false expectation that everything, everything depends on you. Are you feeling me? If this is you, I urge you to lean on three principles. One, would you let down someone that you love? I bet you wouldn't. So principle number one is trust yourself and trust that if you can't do all of what is expected of you, you have yourself. You can manage. You can learn from your mistakes. Second principle, trust others. Make sure you have a support net. Sometimes our nets are more like one rope, <laughs> but whoever you trust out there, let them in. Ask for help when you need it or accept the help that 
others offer you. On this same principle, I say trust that others can figure things out. You don't need to be the savior or solver or the constant giver. Trust that your people, your team, your company can pull it out. And even if they messed up, trust that they have the ability to come up with solutions the same way you do. And this is going to convert you from being a helicopter leader to a mentor for your team. And the third principle is a reminder that everyone, but especially you, need to have something else to lean in. In the first season of this podcast, I created an episode that I called The Light on My Darkest Times. I believe it's episode number three. And in there, I share with you how spirituality was key to save me in times of extreme stress and exhaustion. Spirituality can be anything from walking in silence in the park to a meditation, to prayer, to dancing, to doing yoga, whatever connects you with something higher like the universe. It will help you tremendously when you feel misunderstood and you need to rest, to cry, to be supported, even to surrender. And that is the ultimate and most peaceful way of trust. Whatever you are doing to exercise your leadership, whatever position you are holding right now or your status on your search for purpose, I celebrate your courage. I applaud you wanted to fight stagnation and mediocrity. And even most of the times leading feels lonely, know that you are not. I hope you find healing from exhaustion, stress or confusion. I hope you find your ground and stop spinning in the direction that your calendar dictates. And instead, I wish you that starting today, you treat yourself more seriously, that you listen, challenge and change your current narrative, and especially that you may find and lean in the sweetness of a trusting life. Stay in your power, embrace your authenticity and demand your happiness. Until next time. Inside my own